Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know a lot about golf. We're waiting. It is those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith, the golf cave in Edinburgh, Indiana, Timbergate Golf Course. And we have a special guest coming up today, Richard Franklin from Discover Golf. And I this guy's awesome. Somewhere in you know, the central time zone, but that's all I know right now. But we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get more specific locations and things as we move along. But we're going to be talking about golf. New golfers, growing golf, keeping more people playing so that more courses will stay open so the rest of us who play will still be able to play. Basically, that's what we're looking at here. It's totally self-serving. All right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, that's – look, we're, we're golfers. We want more golf. That's right. So we, we have a golf show that is supposed to be totally self-serving. We want to have some fun here, okay? It is exactly right. And um, Let's do this. Finally got to play at Champions Point this past week, man. Oh, did you? Yeah, I haven't played there you. since you and I played there together about what eighteen years ago or something like that. But uh, yeah, it was fun. I shot an eighty-five. That's counting, great. Did you play all eighteen? This all time? eighteen and counted every shot. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, it's better already. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'm just hoping I can live long enough to shoot my age, man. That's, <laughs> that's the goal I've got coming. That's now. a good idea, right? <laughs> Uh, gotten some feedback on uh, the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about the biggest mistakes golfers make. And, yeah. And, man, their egos abound in this game. There are so <laughs> many people who got so ticked off about, what do you mean I don't hit it that far? Yeah. And a well, couple, couple of my, being called out. A couple of my friends have been, been um, actually keeping track and very sheepishly have said, um, I think I think you're right. You know? <laughs> So that's how that works. Happens man. that way, you know. It does, man. It does. So again, word of advice, when you get to that shot and you say to yourself, I should hit my seven iron, take a six, mm-hmm. just in case. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Just in case. You, you want to make sure it doesn't come up in the water short again. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. Over right. and over and over. And that's just <laughs> that's that's just the, the best advice that I think we have disseminated in the nine years we've been doing this show. Take a bigger club. <laughs> Yeah, I, it, you know, it might be one of the pieces of the biggest thing of advice. But, you know, since we're on this topic, it's a big thing. It is. Right? It is. Get and the I talk, ball up there. And I talked to, talk to many, many people who did not realize that to make clubs go farther, all they did is change the loft. So there. Okay. <laughs> I was not alone in that. <laughs> we, we're going to talk about growing this game, getting more people involved, and we're going to talk to a guy whose life depends on it and whose life is involved in it. His name is Richard Franklin, and he's coming up. He's going to be our guest for this entire show. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't you know? Stunning. You don't have to hit a shot to fall in love with the Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lake Resort. Our hotel and golf packages are the way to go. Add the casino and spas, and it's a road trip for the memory book. Safely get back to the game you love with one of the packages found online at FrenchLick.com. Legendary golf at French Lick Resort. A breath of fresh air. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT.
Every time I come home from playing golf, my knees hurt. And I kind of walk around going, and my wife says, you know, this is ridiculous. Why don't you find something else to do? I said, you're right. It's ridiculous. You're wrong. I need to find something else to do. What I need to find is something else to take the pain away. And I found it. Enter old Max Health. I was looking to get rid of nagging joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery. And old Max said, boy, have we got what you need. Cryo-freeze. CBD roll-on. It's non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on, specially formulated to block pain receptors, to reduce inflammation, and to improve muscle and joint flexibility. And the best part is it's 100% natural. CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes. And relief lasts up to eight hours. Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on, plus free shipping. Just go to omaxhealth.com today. Enter the code WEEKEND. That's O-M-A-X Health. Dot com. Enter weekend and get 20% off cryo-freeze and anything site-wide. Now there's a martini that improves your driving. The new martini golf tee actually gives you longer, straighter drives compared to old-fashioned wood tees. It's virtually unbreakable, made in the USA, and conforms with USGA rules. Get yours today at martinigolftees.com. So improve your driving with a martini, the martini golf tee. Visit martinigolftees.com. All right, thanks for coming back. We are those weekend golf guys. Again, I'm John Ashton. It's Jeff Smith. Richard Franklin from Discover Golf. Richard, thank you for joining us here on those weekend golf guys. How you doing, man? I'm doing just fine. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man. Jeff has been telling me that you are single-handedly responsible for bringing more people into this game. I'm doing what I can on a daily basis. What what do you do to to entice children to play this game? Yeah, so I am a, uh, I'm a game designer first, golf professional second, you know, so I've been looking and studying where I think, you know, developmental psychology, motor learning, you know, some of the, you know, meteor subjects around, you know, how we develop skills, but where they, where they overlap and intersect with game design specifically. But then I would say probably the cultural moment that we're in, right, that kids and all human beings now have really infinite options, Mm -hmm. right, as in terms of how they consume their media. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can kind of just play this forward a little bit with golf specifically, I find it very interesting now with Top Golf and Stimulator Golf, the fact that uh, we are now in a world where we can consume golf how we want to. And I think that's an amazing thing. It's sort of given me license to reimagine what golf can be. And I think what probably best describes Discover Golf is that it's, uh, it's really interpretive. It's, it's our interpretation of golf. It's up for the kids to interpret what it means. And uh, in many cases, that might just be getting out of the house, getting off the screen, giving in to the premise of uh, unadulterated play. Uh, those are all things that we think at the end of the day are good, good and lofty goals to have. Does Discover Golf something you do where you are, or is it a program you've designed and offered other people? Yeah, so Discover Golf at this point really is a an entire suite of actual physical games. Uh, we sell to coaches around the world, parents around the world, uh, direct-to-consumer now. And it's a suite of games, putting, short game, full swing, multi-medium approach. So everything from like heavy-duty outdoor signage, targets, props, to putting toys, to card games, to magnetic game boards. 
we have a pretty strong diversity of mediums through which we deploy this stuff, all uh, uniquely made by myself and undergone thousands of play tests with kids between the ages of five to 14. Mm. Uh, Jeff, you've been using some of this stuff, right? Well, you know, I have not had a chance to use a lot of his stuff. I've seen it, though. And, okay. oh, my gosh, it's it's more creative than I could ever be. And, you know, what I've watched is in videos is I've watched kids having fun and wanting to come back and do it again and again. And I've got some golf professional teacher friends that are using this stuff. They're terrific people, and they have this desire to do such a great job with kids that they will adopt anything that works and that is fun and that's what richard has produced is some stuff out there that every golf professional should be able to glom onto because it gets people what they want it gets them fun it gets them engaged it gets them wanting to do this and there's golf shots being hit this isn't just a game where there isn't any golf involved this is actually golf its skills are being produced right and these kids are having fun so you know there are people using this with adults because adults want to have fun too. And it's a great way to entice people to come to golf. You know, it's better than going bowling, you know, and it's better than playing other things that are just no fun and it gets them away from their computer. But Richard's found a way that hits with the core of of the person to say, man, I could do this and it's fun and I'm playing a game. And that's how we know people retain skills is they do it so much faster uh, by creating something that is uh, somewhat competitive in their mind of how they're going to do it. It's entertaining and it's, it's all these things that people need and he's done it. It's cool. great. Richard, you mentioned top golf. I've got a question. Uh, maybe we can uh, delve into it greater length later on in the show, but now a lot of people go to top golf. A lot of people enjoy playing at top golf, but it yes. doesn't always translate into new golfers. They don't necessarily say, Hey, this is a fun game. I'm going to go out to the course. Now they play top golf. You know, so if you just look at, like, if you just want to reverse engineer top golf for a second, right? Mm-hmm. You want to think about the fact that it's accessible, right? That, you know, my wife, my mom, my aunt, you know, my little cousin, we could all go play top golf. And even if you've never played golf and you top dribble one, you know, off of the tee box, you're going to score some points, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to get rapid feedback, right? So it's a tighter, better feedback loop and then that's going to sort of put you in a more gamified system right so it's maybe you against you know a specific game that you're playing with top golf it might be played against others so then there's a choice base right so you can decide what you want to do with that dribbled top ball that's somehow a magical point right so you start taking all of these ideas and you think to yourself okay at a base level you know how do we graft those principles on top of green grass right to get back to your point like i'm a lifetime golfer right so like before i was a non-purist if that's what you want to call me now somebody who's willing to (laughs) sort of break golf into a thousand pieces and look at it differently I was a purist. I was a golf professional. I played professionally. I played every day since I was three years old. So I think at the heart of what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take, you know, the intellect, the sensibility, the craft of simulator golf, top golf, and put it back into green grass, you know, which is where we want kids to be. Because you can say what you want about top golf, it is not as nourishing right? As kids being outside amongst trees on the golf course, you know, how can we be the smartest we can be and learn some of the principles of those ideas and put them where we want to put them right back on the golf course. So that's definitely part of the mission statement. That's the kind of thing that we've all been yearning to do. And many golf pros 
the ones that are not full-time teachers. They have so many responsibilities that they only get to delve into the thought every once in a while, and they can never really produce something like that because they're wearing too many hats. But the teachers, the ones who are full-time teachers, guys like me, we have found our own little niche of um, success, but we cannot forget the fact that our job, our livelihoods, and also our futures depend on us building more golfers, creating more golfers from which there are none. Mm. Because like what Richard said earlier, we have to pay attention to the fact that there are so many other choices for people to do with their time, their effort, their energy, their money. And what we have to do is give them golf and give them to them in a way that they choose to do this on their own because they're enjoying it. And that is shaking me to my foundations a little bit because I did an awful lot of junior golf for a bunch of years and using that as my, oh, let's say business model. And I taught so many kids, but you know, people said I was good at it and the kids kept coming back. But you know, the truth is, is that every year I had some attrition because they went off to other sports and all that stuff. As the older they went on, I wasn't doing a good enough job of having it be fun enough. They wanted to keep coming back. It got more educational and they got better skills, but then it became more of steering kids toward competition. And yet that doesn't mean they'll keep playing because there's a lot of kids who want to play for fun as a game for them to be entertained, as opposed to just sending them down the competitive junior golf road. It's it's Uh, difficult because a lot of parents want that. You know, we get ourselves sort of in a cul-de-sac where we get this hashtag grow the game, hashtag make golfers, hashtag, you know, whatever platitude you want. I think that's going to put that's going to pigeonhole golf professionals into a place that's not only not good for their business but it's not good for the for the child and we just talked about this with top golf if my wife hit 17 shots at top golf and 15 15 of them were top shots into the front scoring circle but she walks away saying like somehow she's a golfer then who cares right then sure. we just got her engaged with a stick in a ball and doing something interesting with her friends and her family for an hour. I think for me, and we get back to this idea of like, let the junior interpret what this means to them. I'll say this about junior golf programs. I talk to a lot of pros every single day, and I hear it from people saying like, you know, my program is pretty good. I got 50 kids in my program. You know, you do a great job and you're pouring your heart out to these kids. But I'm saying like, there should be 500 kids in your program. There should be more. And the, and I'll tell you this, the only way there's going to be more than 50 is if you allow yourself to say the fact that you may never play 18 holes of golf, no problem. The fact that you are uninterested in putting pencil to paper on a scorecard, no problem. The fact that you have zero desire to submit to traditional golf etiquette or convention, no problem. If you're here with a stick in your hand and you're hitting a ball to something for some reason, you are just as much of a golfer as everybody else. I I get where you're coming from. We're going to talk some specifics on some of the things you actually do with these kids uh, when we come right back. So hang with us. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't anybody move. Every time I come home from playing golf, my knees hurt. And I kind of walk around going, and my wife says, you know, this is ridiculous. Why don't you find something else to do? I said, you're right. It's ridiculous. You're wrong. I need to find something else to do. What I need to find is something else to take the pain away. And I found it. Enter old Max Health. I was looking to get rid of nagging joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery. And old Max said, boy, have we got what you need. Cryo-freeze 
CBD roll-on. It's non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on, specially formulated to block pain receptors, to reduce inflammation, and to improve muscle and joint flexibility. And the best part is it's 100% natural. CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes. Relief lasts up to 8 hours. Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on, plus free shipping. Just go to omaxhealth.com today. Enter the code WEEKEND. That's O-M-A-X Health. Dot com. Enter weekend and get 20% off cryo-freeze and anything site-wide. The PGA Tour is back. We have a full weekend of golf ahead of us. And even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, there are some big cash prizes that don't go just to players. They can go to you. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy game of the PGA Tour, has added to the excitement by putting you in the center of the action with a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit. It's easy to play. All you do is pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, submit your lineup before the tournament tees off on Thursday, then you sit back and follow the action. You're going to get points for pars, for birdies, for finishing position, and a whole lot more. And remember, a million dollars up for grabs at DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app right now. Use the promo code WEEKEND to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. Promo code is WEEKEND. Free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Of course, we have a Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Golf Guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us. Facebook.com slash Golf Guys. And we are back those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here in studio. Jeff Smith at the uh, Golf Cave in Indiana, Timberdale Golf Course. And of course, Richard Franklin with Discover Golf. Have you been, I don't know, looked at askance with fear and trepidation by some other members of the uh, golf teaching fraternity who may or may not be able to understand where you're coming from? I think it's the opposite, to be honest with you. You know, maybe at first there's a little apprehension. I mean, I think ultimately what I'm saying to the golf professional that they can reconsider what their core competency actually can be. You know, I'm I'm suggesting to them that they've got this beautiful, lush, expansive piece of green asset that is completely at their disposal. So within that framework, you have carte blanche to do whatever you want. So what I'm suggesting to them is to say, you can create a, a space, right? A, a, a safe, harmonious play space where kids from all over would be delighted to come and explore and discover all of these different activities and games and opportunities to grow their skills, but grow their sense of self, meet new friends. And so at first, I think there's some apprehension from the golf pro because traditional golf coach training has uh, not included, let's say, a behavioral psychology module in their training. And so, yeah, there's a little bit of that. But I'll tell you this, the golf professional, when, when you sort of break down their wall, I think that they're sensing that they are not able to empower kids the way that they really, really want to and, and, and know that they can. And so I think underneath, you know, maybe the apprehension is, you know, is this sense of relief that there's something out there that really speaks to what they've always wanted to do. You, you said you've been playing golf since you were three, which yep. you definitely had the passion very early. Yep. The things you do, does it create the passion within a kid to want to want to be good, want to play it, want to stick with it? Let me give you a real human story here, sure. if I may. 
answer your question. So this morning, I had a conversation with a family. Parents came up to me and they said, look, I want to tell you about our daughter who came to camp yesterday. She came home and she asked if she could do this next week because I've only signed up for this week. And she was so excited about today. And the mom was almost in tears because she told me since the COVID incident has come and this girl has I think at times struggled to socially adjust, but you know, the, the COVID thing is a very real thing that has, you know, has mentally and socially and emotionally hurt millions of kids around the world. And that's no joke. That's that, that's the actual truth. This young girl is at times now even scared to leave her house. And that is not a joke. That is an actual quote from a family. She said she felt so safe and so warm and in, in, in a part of something yesterday that we can't thank you enough. And for me to hear that from a family. So is it a passion for golf? I don't know. And quite frankly, I don't necessarily care because she's part of a community. And of course, the community celebrates sticks and balls and hitting at targets. And whether that morphs into a, a sensibility around golf, great. But I just think there's there's higher priorities that we, we can go after and then we see where golf fits in. Jeff knows more specifically about what you do, but I get the feeling that one of the things that's different about how you approach the game and, and teaching things is it's it's hard to lose. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard for the kids to get frustrated off the bat because they're not doing what supposedly they're supposed to do. Well, let, well, let's let's break that down, right? Because all of this stuff is super nuanced, which which is why I think it's amazing. Like game design human experience design is a, uh, it's a really deep undertaking, right? And it's a, it's a magnificent thing. So you said like the kids never uh, lose or the kids never get frustrated. Well, you know, we, I think the catalyst for me was there's just so much research coming out of Stanford university, all of these big sort of uh, granted institutions on why human beings uh, play video games, right? So it's not a perfect one-to-one relationship, but some really thoughtful analysis, right? And so basically all this research posits that we obviously have these kaleidoscopes of personalities, right? That some of us are more extroverted, introverted, agreeableness, open, right? So all of these different sort of uh, characteristics along the sort of ocean personality model. Well, what they realized or what they found out was how you tested on these personality, you know, matrices that you had a play pattern, right? That would correlate directly to the kind of person you were. So you say, that no kid gets frustrated. Well, I'll tell you, if I've got an extroverted, open to new experience, more, let's say, conscientious, because we know kids that are more conscientious are more task-based or more focused, right. then, then we would create a game situation that would create a lovely uh, sort of game description, which is called Fiero, which is this idea that after struggle comes triumph. So this idea, if we get a highly conscientious, goal-driven young girl or young boy, let's put them in a situation where they're going to have to have this sense of work and struggle, but after 15, 20, 30 minutes, they're going to have this magnificent triumph moment. Now, on the flip side, you're going to get a kid that's goofy, silly, no attention span, that wants what we would call like a point salad. Let's give them resources and points right away Mm -hmm. and let's let them manage those resources. Let's just always make them feel like they're earning something, which psychologically plays much different. So um, this, this is my big contention is that, 
and, and I think the biggest thing about Discover Golf is it, it's just so humanistic, right? We are really, really, really trying to understand the human beings that are coming to our programs and genuinely give them an experience like they couldn't believe was possible. This is, this is the farthest thing from a one-size-fits-all. So anyway, sorry if I worked around your question. No, not at all. It, it, it got Because it, the, the one-size-fits-all, I think, basically it describes how a lot of golf teachers have attacked the whole idea of teaching kids how to play golf. Would you right. agree, Jeff? So Jeff, you know, Jeff mentioned it before you got, you've got the, the busy assistant golf professional, right. Yeah. And they've got to go out and now they've got to do junior golf. Yeah. What I would suggest is a better use of their time. And maybe this comes in the off season. You need to sharpen your ax when it comes to understanding human beings, right. And the conduit through which your understanding will flow is the mechanical framework of games. This is something you can understand. This is not a dark art or a dark science or magic. This is something that you can learn. Mm -hmm. And so instead of a paint by numbers, we're going to do level one chipping today mm -hmm. and level two full swing tomorrow. Like it's 2020. You have to evolve. And I'm telling you, these skills can be learned. If you come to the show, the junior golf show, if you come prepared to deal with human beings first, that's your first priority. Is let me give something to this human. You're, you're going to win, and you're going to win huge. Yeah. Looking at kids as human beings is a how little about, difficult for some people. <laughs> how, about, how about that for a change? That's right. That is a little different, right? <laughs> Not not just not just a little drone bot that you yeah. that you tell to go chip and hit and come back and then you go home. Yeah, yeah, and you're not babysitting them. A lot a lot of times I get the feeling that people who who are teaching kids get the feeling that you know give them a bucket of balls and and some rudimentary instruction on how to hit them and then wait for mom and dad to come well, back and pick them here's, up. Here's a difficult thing that Richard knows he's up against in trying to get an awful lot of the people in the golf business. Um, to to see things a little bit more humanistic and, and a little bit more open with their mind is that a lot of golf professionals are inherently introverts mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. golf as its as core and how it's been done in the past Good point. puts us in a very solitary position. Good point. And then a lot of people gravitate to that because they got good at something by being all by themselves. Right. And then, and then now throw in the golf business, which has been struggling. And they're, uh, what do they make them? What do they make them do? They make them do every task known to mankind at the golf course. And then all of a sudden, the most important part about it is from a forget the human aspect for two seconds and just look at it from a business aspect. Sure. The person that's that's an introvert and also has all these things to do. One of the things they get thrown into is, oh yeah, why aren't you growing our business? Yeah. Wait, that's a whole different personality type right there. Mm -hmm. The person yeah. who can reach out to other people and can actually influence other people are generally not introverts to begin with. Yeah, They're extroverts. Sure. Yeah. So it's a tough thing that, that Richard understands different people and their skill sets. He's made games for them. But yet mm -hmm. here we are looking at this as a different skill set about what we're being asked to do. So, so you know the struggle. It's, it's yeah. out there. And so we're all trying to do something. So when Richard says something as, as smart as, hey, maybe we ought to retool the way we think uh, about our roles for assistant pros, 
we also have to go after the upper management so that they know that in order to grow business, we have to hire people who can do that instead of just hiring people who can do other menial tasks around. It's well, different. yeah, it, 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 it comes from the top, you know, because golf course management companies are nowhere near to seeing the wisdom in a sort of humanistic uh, experience design. And, you know, I think until, uh, you know, the, the, the true power brokers of this industry, you know, start to appreciate what is possible. Um, and, and, and what's crazy about it is I see all the, you know, the, the golf executive publications and this and that. And what do you all, it's family first, right? How do we get the families to the club? How do we get, uh, you know, families to come to social events? It's like you get families to come because their kid thinks about the golf course as the place they want to be at. So I, I don't understand where the disconnect is. And if you think that uh, supervising and quantifying and displaying a child's chipping efficiency, if you think that's going to be an emotionally resonant experience with them, uh, well, then you're going to be the guy that says I'm killing it with 50 kids. So, sorry. Right. Exactly. We're going to come back in a couple of minutes and we are going to delve specifically into some of the things that Richard does without giving away any uh, company secrets, of course. So you want to hang with us, especially if you have kids and you want them to play golf. Uh, we are this weekend golf guys. We're going to take a quick break and be right back, don't you? Every time I come home from playing golf, my knees hurt. And I kind of walk around going, and my wife says, you know, this is ridiculous. Why don't you find something else to do? I said, you're right. It's ridiculous. You're wrong. I need to find something else to do. What I need to find is something else to take the pain away. And I found it. Enter old Max Health. I was looking to get rid of nagging joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery. And old Max said, Boy, have we got what you need. Cryo-Freeze CBD Roll-On. It's non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on, specially formulated to block pain receptors, to reduce inflammation, and to improve muscle and joint flexibility. And the best part is it's 100% natural. CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes. And relief lasts up to 8 hours. Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on, plus free shipping. Just go to omaxhealth.com today. Enter the code WEEKEND. That's O-M-A-X-Health.com. Enter WEEKEND and get 20% off cryo-freeze and anything site-wide. Stunning. You don't have to hit a shot to fall in love with the Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lake Resort. Our hotel and golf packages are the way to go. Add the casino and spas, and it's a road trip for the memory book. Safely get back to the game you love with one of the packages found online at FrenchLick.com. Legendary golf at French Lick Resort. A breath of fresh air. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And we are back those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. It's Jeff Smith. Richard Franklin from Discover Golf been our guest on the show. Richard is being touted by Jeff Smith and uh, others, I would imagine. But all I have to hear it from is Jeff to know that it's absolutely correct. Is probably the the guru in the uh, whole teaching kids how to play golf business. Now, Richard, you mentioned earlier that that you were a game developer and that uh, you were yep. a golf pro and you're teaching pro and that you've played golf since the age of three. Were there any games that you made up yourself when you were a kid to, to help sure. get into this? Yeah. And, and is this where kind of the whole ideas began? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was always that kid, you know, you're on the playground and I was the one who was like, okay, it's got to bounce there. And if it bounces below the line, it's worth two points. And if you catch it on the fly, you're out or (laughs) always the one to, you know, try to think on the spot of an interesting way to interact with the environment. I'm also that same kid who, you know, 36 years later, you know, still steps over the cracks on the pavement (laughs) trying to figure out, you know, if I can, you know, maximize the efficiency of like jumping between the cracks. And I've just sort of always had this weird appreciation for the physical world that I live in and seeing it not as a thing, but as a play item. Like my parents used to, they used to take the couch and they used to flip it over and then use the backrest as a, as a launch pad. And then it would have like a big mattress on the other side. So I could bounce off of it and jump over and like a, like sort of this trampoline. You know, like, <laughs> so my family was like incredibly playful too. when we were, my parents are actually from Zimbabwe. Uh, my parents grew up with Nick Price. That's how I got started in the game. Okay. Uh, so I come from a very sporting background, cricket, rugby, you know, just balls everywhere always. Mm-hmm. So certainly the uh, informative years of my life with all of, with all of that stuff. But it really wasn't until, you know, some very rigorous game design study and committing myself to the craft of understanding games that, um, you know, all of these ideas could really start to flourish because what you realize is like, okay, I've always wanted to make games for kids. And like, I was okay at it, but until I really understood that you could have a dynamic sort of game within a game and having kids alter the wind condition of the game. Like that all sounds like gobbledygook to you, like me just saying it, but like that's a design principle that will completely alter the way a game is interpreted. So this this is why I'm on a push for professionals to, you know, everybody, here's, here's the thing, right? Every professional will tell you the same thing. Games are important. Kids like games. There's not one single professional that has an experience that kids like. So I say, okay, well, if kids like games and games are important to you, shouldn't you have like an incredibly rich understanding of how they work like, it's just crazy. You just take it at a surface level, like tic-tac-toe is like the best you can do. It's like, aren't right. you sick of looking at like tic-tac-toe? It's like, what else could you do with a territory control, you know, theme? Are you just going to play for the center? Like, so that I think is a pretty good segue into what we do is we're trying to show, you know, in fact, two of the most popular games that we sell were born out of me getting angry with golf professionals on our social media thread. So I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make, I'm going to take two classic junior golf games and I'm going to show you if they're, if they're repurposed thoughtfully with better game mechanics, how much and they've turned out to be the two best selling games I have. So tic-tac-toe, if you know me, use it just as sort of the general, that's a bad game. So I created a game called King Putt, which was basically a game that's made out of 16 triangles, right? So instead of your your classic tic-tac-toe grid, much more expansive space. When you hit a ball into one of the 16 triangles, your team can fill that triangle in with a smaller triangle. So the space changes. So the state of the board, so to speak, is dynamic. The problem with tic-tac-toe is the box never changes. It's always the same thought so you have this all play out and and as you aggregate more and more triangles 
your team culminates a space with a giant pyramid. So it's got really fanciful art direction and it looks great. But now this offers itself not only as a physical impediment to the other team trying to score, but it's also could be used as like a banking agent for you to hit like a trick shot into mm -hmm. another space. Mm -hmm. So I basically was showing them how you could take all these physical properties. And, and to me, this game was tic-tac-toe in that it was territory control, but it was just more impressive from a mechanical standpoint. So that game now is on five different continents. I always tell people, you'll know Discover Golf made it because you'll see King Putt in a target. I really believe it's that good. Mm -hmm. We're really proud of that one. And then the next one, uh, which we call Croctology, you're a, a crocodile dentist, was my interpretation of a game that is often played on putting greens called Humpty Dumpty, which is, is as silly and straightforward as you can imagine. Golf professionals basically tee balls up on tees and have kids knock them down. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, now what, right? So you got 30 seconds, like you're going to do that again? Like there's no there's no interesting choice around it, right? You do it and it's over. So I took uh, PVC crocodile teeth and I attached them by magnet to a ramp. And so the kids knocked down the teeth very much like a Humpty Dumpty style in my brain, a Humpty, Stump Humpty Dumpty style mechanic, but then the ramp comes down and then there's giant croc mouths at the top. And then you got to roll it up the ramp and get it into the mouth. And then we give them crocodile figurines and then they've got to interact with the board and knock over crocodile figurines. So now they're playing against somebody else. And it's just, to me, just, a, again, a, an expression of how important it is to me that they always have something novel, interesting, and dynamic to work with. So anyway. So I'm, I'm going to ask this question, and, and both of you can answer. And, and I'll ask you first, Richard. But does Jeff have to understand the whys and the hows? In order to yeah, that's your games. That's a really good point, right? Because like as as I speak now, like we're at a kind of at a crossroads, you know, as a as a company. In that, for me, it was for so long. It was I needed to share the why behind all of this to golf pros, right? I wanted them to know how and why this was made, and who it's for, and why it's important, and how it can change somebody's life. And this moment can be the spark that changes somebody's trajectory, like. So anyway, I'm starting to back down from that, unfortunately, <laughs> because it probably hampers my ability to get these games in front of more and more people. So I feel like I have to sort of resign my role as evangelical marketer guy right. um, and, and try to see myself more as yeah. the CEO who has to be responsible now for product management and streamlining um, all of that and doing the boring stuff like getting us... Uh, doing better on Amazon and shipping logistics. And so, because ultimately if, if we do those pieces more effectively and we can lower the price point and we can make it easier for uh, the person in Rigby, Idaho and Sri Lanka to get their hands on a Croctology, then we're winning, right? Because right. we're bringing joy um, in golf-like experiences to the world. So I am backing down from, you have to know the why and, trying to be more the the ceo so that i can get this to more people but i know jeff and i know you jeff would yeah. want to know the why and the how. of course sure. of course i want to know why so you know i 
I'll be that guy who's going to ask Richards the questions about it, as opposed to just saying, hey, Richard, send me one of those things and sure. then start to use it just per the directions. I'm going to want to know what's the background of this and yeah. why I would essentially have more evangelical zeal, as we call it, um, with the kids in front of me. Mm-hmm. Right. As sure. opposed to just being, oh, well, this is a really cool game. And right. I wish I would have had it when I was a kid. Right. Or I wish I would have had it last week when I was wanting to have a bit more fun. Right. right. But the whole point is, is that if we know the real value of this beyond its, its entertainment value for the kids, because unfortunately, as Richard well knows, and as I well know, there's a lot of golf pros out there doing their job, but they're not doing their real job is they're, they're doing a junior golf event of some kind, and then they go grab a handful of things, they put it all together, they do it, they put it away, and then it doesn't come out until the next year mm-hmm. or something, and then they feel like this is just something to pass the time with. But really, there's so much more to this. And that's why you know I wanted Richard to be able to come on the show and right. talk about it, because really, this podcast is getting heard by an awful lot of golf pros all over the place. Yeah. And I think that it's important that a lot of golf pros hear this and go, Hey, wow, this, um, I, I really should look into this a whole lot more. <laughs> exactly. Richard, we're about to uh, get into the, what I refer to as the shameless self-promotion segment of the show. Yeah. Uh, but before I do that, is it possible for parents to buy your stuff and, and work yeah. with the kids or do you have to be yeah. a teaching pro? No, 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 absolutely. Um, so discover not.com.co uh, we've, we've kind of revamped the website. We're trying to make it, uh, again, you'll, you'll notice less about the why, uh, if you want to go to the education section there, if you're a golf professional and you want to get hooked up with, uh, believe me, if you want to get into the why you can come to a three day seminar and I'll talk about games with you for 10 hours a day and <laughs> we'll do more why than you could ever believe. But if you're a, um, if you're just a parent who's listening to this that 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 says you know what i probably can't get my son or daughter into golf unless i really try something new which is i think the majority of parents that's what they feel like um then go onto the website take a look you know there's 30 plus items on there um start with something easy small dip your toe in um it's not it's it's going to be easy to set up and uh, it's it's going to offer you some value. And they do have instructions in there on basically everyone, what they're supposed everyone, to see happen. Yeah, I, what I've found is that video tutorials seem mm-hmm. to be the best. So right. I do uh, I do the written rules over video demonstration. So okay. they all come with links to uh, you know the interactive you know rule sheet. And yeah, it's it's been good. Cool. Has there been any institutional acceptance uh, across the board? Uh, no. Okay. So that's what we're helping you do right now, right? Get the word well, out. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I've always said, you know, I, I'm trying to democratize golf. Mm-hmm. So I think ultimately that that's the beautiful thing about this is it that is. if, uh, you know, if golf course management companies have, have seen what I'm doing and uh, the powers that be have seen what we're doing. And you know what? We have always been and will always be student firsts and we feel like and we know is that if we uh, are impactful at the student level the rest will take care of itself and that's what's happening so um you know if it happens great if not the world's a big place and the internet's a wonderful thing so it's going to be all good anyway so do these ideas come to you like in the middle of the night or uh, for the new games 
show I uh, I honestly get up probably every morning at about two and scurry to my desk and write down yeah the cold <laughs> sweat idea that I've had um, that uh, it's a blessing and a curse all, all day every day that's all I think about that's cool man put the notebook next to your next to your bed it's easier yeah you don't have to get yeah. up that way <laughs> well, then I get then I get my wife all upset so I, I try to get out yeah. of the room. Richard right. Franklin, man, discovergolf.co. Got and, it. Uh, check them out, man. Whether you're uh, you're teaching golf professionally or you've got some kids you want to get into golf or whatever, or or you just like new ideas. This is cool. That's it. This is cool. That's it. Richard, man, thank you so much for taking time. And uh, Oh, my gosh. Thank you, guys. What a, what a pleasure. Richard, thank you. Hey, it's good good to talk with you, and uh, and I'll see you around, uh, I'll oh, see yeah. you around the bend here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he'll you invite you to his next seminar, guaranteed. <laughs> All right, guys, us. be well. Thank you very All much. All right, thanks, Richard. Hang with us. We've got Richard. a few more seconds together here. If you're in sales, you know that people buy things from people they know, they like, and they trust. It can take forever to build that kind of a relationship unless you use golf. TheBusinessGolfCourse.com. Go there now and check it out. Stunning. You don't have to hit a shot to fall in love with the Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lake Resort. Our hotel and golf packages are the way to go. Add the casino and spas and it's a road trip for the memory book. Safely get back to the game you love with one of the packages found online at FrenchLick.com. Legendary golf at French Lake Resort. A breath of fresh air. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call one 800 those weekend golf guys few moments yet john ashton here jeff smith there jeff's ordering like seven or eight of those games like right off the bat man you know it's unreal isn't it to, to know that there's there's this stuff out there that actually makes people better and lets them have fun but gets them involved as as a, you know it hits their personality right yeah i never even considered such a notion I mean, that guy, that's smart, right? I mean, to guy's, figure guy's out a psychologist. what kind of stuff gets to certain kind of kids. Yeah. And I, I, let me, let me get you a practical reason why this is important. You may or may not have kids. You may or may not have kids that play golf. Uh, I was talking to a doctor last week and we were talking about, I had a little pain in my arm I went to. And I said, I, I knew it was bad because I was hitting everything to the right and I don't hit things to the right. So it was, you know, because of this pain in my arm, I was, I was swinging differently. And um, he knew what I was talking about. He was a golfer. He said, where'd you play, et cetera, et cetera. Here's his story. He grew up playing golf with his dad. That was, that was their connection. They played golf together a couple times a week. And he, he loves those memories. His dad's now passed away, but he loves those memories. He had two kids that did not like playing golf. He basically gave up the game. He could not get his kids involved in it to the point where he enjoyed it. Because he wanted to have his kids have that relationship with him that he had with his dad. And it was through golf. And the kids just, they said, yeah, I don't like the game. And it wasn't wow. until wasn't until the kids grew up and he got married for a second time and, and his second wife plays golf that he got back into it. But, yeah, you know, and a lot of times it's that pressure we put on our kids to make them play because we want them to play with us. Yeah. You, you know, know what, what I did to get, you know, because I got three kids, as you know, and yeah. they're all, you know all plays and um golf was always the carrot never yeah. the stick yeah yeah and so you know th that's the thing if 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 they don't want to play 
you know, you can't force it. You got to you got to make it so that they want to do it. And that's that's kind of been the theme of the day, hasn't it? It certainly has. Make yeah. me want to play this game. And, Love that. And that's that's what we're going to do. Listen, um, hopefully you you will learn some things. Check out the website, discovergolf.co. You might be able to get some stuff there to help your kids get uh, get in the game too. Or just check us out at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Have them listen to us a few times. They go, well, these guys sound cool. <laughs> yeah, live, <laughs> yeah with, right. live with that fantasy, John. Uh, <laughs> thoseweekendgolfguys.com, uh, facebook.com slash golfguys, or jeffsmithgolfinstruction.com. New website. We, we got that too. Take your kids out with you. Just let them watch. Get in some clubs. Let them swing. Just, just get it to the point where you all play some golf. For this week's bonus content, let's go back to June of 2016. The first time Jeff Smith tried to teach us how to chip so much better. Back again, those weekend golf guys, John Ash and Jeff Smith and director producer Mark Hunter and... Man, I got to tell you, uh, out a couple weeks ago with my uh, my very uh, judgmental brother-in-law was playing in a group with us. And he <laughs> very and, judgmental. And after about the sixth or seventh hole, he just he just looked at the guy he was riding in the cart with. And he said, man, he said, John's short game is good. I don't mean better than it used to be. That wouldn't have taken much. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> so. That, that's like not even a backhanded compliment. That's like a full-blown, like almost f- real compliment. Yeah, well, it would have been if you said it to me, you know. <laughs> I couldn't do that. No, he just wanted to make sure that, you know, he, he expressed it out of earshot. But uh, I have I have ears super hearing, so that's how it goes. But, man, you give you give good lessons in the chipping category, so maybe you can share what has uh, made my brother-in-law Actually, give me a compliment, um, and maybe we can get some other folks getting compliments from their judgmental buddies, too. Well, I remember, you know, in our conversation that we had about your chipping, you know, you had, oh, you had on occasion had that one where you chip it, and then when the ball's in the air, you actually get to hit it a second time. <laughs> Fun, you know, just because... Yeah. What one swing on that. <laughs> it's just one stroke, though, right? <laughs> yeah, we call that a a lucky two shots. No, um, but no, realistically, that's you hitting a moving golf ball, and uh, you're you're getting popped for that. That's a that's a Tishi Chen. Um, and uh, matter of fact, there's a guy. That, there he goes with that Chinese again. In, yeah, I know the TC Chen. You know that's that's what we call the shot uh-huh. because. Um, Unfortunately, there was a guy named Tishi Chen a long time ago, back, uh, oh, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, was playing in the PGA Championship, and he was leading. And then all of a sudden, he had one of those near one of the greens, and he two-chipped it. As in, like, he chipped it, the ball moved forward and up, and then the club moved forward and up and chased it a little bit, and Mm -hmm. then chipped it again. Mm -hmm. Oops. Hate it when that so, happens. It, so the shot is now forever known as a TC Chen. Okay. Uh, kind of like a double And John kiss had one of those, and, uh, and we talked about it. And yeah. part of the really? issue was a couple things. The, the playing of the ball back of center. John, when you were doing that, and, and I clearly explained to you about how the club face comes into a golf ball, and when it's back in your stance, the club is now moving down, but it's also facing down, you know, where it's at the at the very bottom of your swing arc, 
you know, it's facing up but moving kind of level. Well, you had it so far back in your stance that the ball was not launching off the club very high. It was moving very forward. And so when you move the club and you touch the ball into it and then the ball launched forward but it didn't launch upward very much and then you kept the club moving forward but you sped it up just a little bit, you wound up hitting the ball a second time, you know, before it had gotten too far from your body. Right. And um, so to avoid that and to make your chipping better, we put the ball where the back of the golf ball was at the center line of your body, you know, kind of like where it is on all, all, all the your other full shots. swing shots. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're used to delivering the club, you know, in a downward forward fashion right there. The, the club is now, you know, closing out of the the bot, you know, bottoming out phase where it stops really going down much and it's still moving forward quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And you get the ball struck there. And then the club face faces higher at that point with the very same club. So it launches higher and spins a little bit more. And so you get better, cleaner shots out of that. So I fixed that in, in your chipping. And all of a sudden, pretty much your whole short game revived because of ball position. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, the club, if it's still moving down and it's close to the bottom of its arc and it's still facing up, you get to hit all kinds of great shots. You, you know, your, your ball will leap up over the grass that's in front of it. So when it's in, you know, say, heavier rough, you didn't launch it off the club face low and it launched up high and it jumped up over that rough and then it's actually got some spin to it. Yeah. So you can toss it up in the air much easier. Boy, your short game gets better when you, when you have better ball position. Yeah, it does. And then, yeah, and then I talked to you about on some shots, you want to hinge your wrists and, and use your wrists to, to cock it back and up and then, you know, uncock your wrist down and forward in the shot. And then there's, and that'll produce some spin. And then there's the other shot where you're really not doing that. You're kind of holding your left wrist very firm and you're kind of using more of a, a low sweeping arm drag, so to, scre- so to speak. And that will produce less spin and more forward um, movement of the golf ball. And so you have two different kinds of shots that you can do with every club. And you have all the shots in the world you need. Yeah, if you yeah. need it to hit and run, you can do it with the, uh, the, the locked the, you know, wrist. Yeah, I call that one it's my favorite. You know, I like to name the shots in what you're doing to create the shot. You know, so if I want a low forward shot, I will put that in their head. I want this to go low and go forward, so I'm going to do a firm-handed scrape. Like, um, I call it the firm-handed scrape, so you know that your hands are firm and they're not going to be, you know, wristy. And I say the word scrape because you're kind of scraping the club across the surface of the ground, which means you're not hinging it up and down. Right. And I give the name of the shot so that people know, oh, I'm going to do a firm-handed scrape, and then they, I describe what they're going to do to what they then get, and they like that a lot. And then the other one, where you're using a lot of wrists, you know, to cock the club up and then move it down a little bit more steeply and create some initial launch angle a little higher and, and the ball spins a little bit, I call that a hinge and thump. So you hinge the club up and you hinge the club back down and you thump the ground and the club face is pointed up and you're thumping the ground right below the golf ball and the thing just shoots up in the air with some spin on it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I kind of name them those, those shots so people can remember. What kind of follow-through do you do with the thump or do you stop it when it thumps? 
No, no, I, I continue with a normal, natural okay. flow. What I don't want to do is think that the thump spot is the stopping place. Okay. Okay, so yes, I'm using a little bit of forward swing and a little bit of forward turn. I'm, I'm essentially going through the shot uh, without stopping on purpose. I got you. Okay. It just kind of runs out of gas. Yeah. After the ball's off the face, and I'm still turning toward my target and all those things. But I, I try not to get people to stop at the ball ever on any shot. Yeah. Although it's funny, because, sometimes sometimes I hit it wrong, and mm-hmm. and I hit maybe an impediment, maybe a little, uh, you know, I was on a, an incline that I didn't realize, or the ball was too far back or whatever, and the club face hits, makes contact with the ball and the ground simultaneously and won't go anywhere. But the ball usually pops up and looks really nice when that happens, so I don't complain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I get lucky now and again. Yeah, obviously that you uh, you had the club moving into the golf ball firm enough. Yeah, yeah. Before it came to rest, I have seen some shots where you know you like stab it into the rough. Yeah, yeah. And it can't go any further because it just stopped. Yeah. But you know, it's a chop shot. Those are a rare bird every once in a while. Yeah. Kind of so, like an albatross for you. So to to uh, to reiterate, if you want it uh, up in the air with backspin, hinge the wrists. If you want it to run out when it hits, don't hinge the wrists. Basically, in a nutshell. Yeah, it, in a nutshell, that's that's kind of it. You know, you're changing the angle that the club comes into the ball. You're making it a steeper angle with the same uh, angle of loft of the club. So if you, you come in shallow, you get the the, the loft of the club. And if you come in steeper, you're moving the loft of the club downward below the ball, and there's effectively a, a big difference between those two angles, and so that creates a lot of spin. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to be yeah. one of these guys who opens up the club face and tries to emulate Phil Mickelson. I really uh, steer people away from that until they become accomplished at many other things because there's a lot of risk involved in that because people try that early on because they see the guys on TV doing it, but they don't have the same clubs nor the same level of ability to do it. But <laughs> right. the first, they, first, let's talk about the fact they don't have the same clubs, meaning that the guys that do that on television, the, they have the sole plates of their clubs ground differently than, than the guy who's listening to this program right now. Right. And they have a lot of it ground off on the backside so that they can flip it open without raising the leading edge. Right. Because as soon as you open up a club face, you know, you're tilting it backwards, so to speak, and you're resting it on the back of the sole plate. And if that hasn't been ground off any, it sits a little higher, and then the leading edge then sits a little higher, and then you've got it where the leading edge is going to catch an awful lot of golf ball, and you have now sculled it. So... I try to be very careful and cautious about that shot, and I tell people the risks in that shot with the clubs that they have in their bag because there's a lot of people that just flip open any club, and if you've got a big bounce club and you flip that dude open and, and it's not a big fluffy lie, you're about to have trouble, yeah. real trouble. Plus the fact not only do you not have the clubs nor the ability that Phil Mickelson has, you don't have the time to practice that shot a thousand times a week. So no. You don't. So I try to steer people away from the risky shots. Yeah. Hey, speaking of time and practice, it's called a segue. Learn that in radio school. 